Thank you for tuning in to CCF Lowell's podcast. Wherever you are, we pray that you would be encouraged by today's message. To learn more about us, please visit www.ccflowell.org. And you can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Hallelujah. Welcome, church. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see all of you. Praise God. Very excited to be with you on Youth Sunday here at CCF Ministries. Nice to see all of you. If I rip this off in a fit of joy and laughter, just uh, stick with me, all right? Wonderful. Well, the people that I love most are in this room. My friends, my family, the Church of God, and I'm so excited for you to be with us this morning. If we had a former president or a a king of a nation in this room, we would show him reverence. We would be excited that he would be here with us. And so before we get into the message, I want to invite you to bow your heads and pray with me that God would move in this service and that he would touch you in a special way. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us and keeping us. We ask that you would move in this service, that you would be glorified. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and move in this place, move in our hearts, change our minds for the glory of God. And I pray that you would bless everyone who's watching and listening today. Everyone who's in this place and in other places, I pray that you would touch them and use them mightily, that you would bless them and keep them pure for the coming of the Lord. And we thank you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus the greatest hand clap you've ever given anyone. Hallelujah. I'll say showing reverence to God in a service will make a difference of whether he shows up or not or how much he moves in this place. And that's how I wanted to start. First scripture, I want to invite who has the first scripture to read. Please bring a a microphone. And And, uh, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. Thank you. This scripture, I don't have any excellence of speech. I don't have any, anything elaborate to share. I have Christ and him crucified. I have what God has done in my life. And, and the more you make the gospel simple, the more God will, will move. So praise God. Who do I, where's my, uh, who's got me on slides? Just give me a wave. I know where we got all this beautiful new equipment. Awesome. Hey, so the first picture, please. This is more of a show and tell piece versus my actual testimony. This is my brothers and sisters. Give them a, a, a hand clap. My family. Joe's in the back there. Welcome. Welcome. And, and so that's probably just, uh, that's just an added bonus for today. Jesus Christ is my savior, my my savior, my deliverer, my healer, 
my redeemer, my defender, my provider, my protector, my restorer, my baptizer, the author and finisher of my faith, and the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And I can say that confidently now, that he is all those things to me. But he wasn't always. The subtitle to this message is A Prodigal Son. The definition of prodigal is spending money or resources freely and recklessly, wastefully extravagant. Coming to God has shown me that living in such a way has separated me from him. I believe there's some prodigal sons and daughters that are coming back to him today. Let's go back. I would say second, this is the second photo, please. Growing up, this is my first communion photo. Our parents raised us in church. They raised us praying with us and reading us the Bible, teaching us to do good and to fear God, which is invaluable and eternally rewarding. I actually went to, my, my brothers and sisters and I, we went to CCA here in, uh, for me it was 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Eventually started to go to youth group here until I was about 17. So I was raised with faith. I was raised having a, a foundation of Christ in my life. And at some point, I started to drift away. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Even headsets. <laughs> so ra being, being raised in the church, going to youth group, these were all things that were important. And this is why we value our youth so much. We love you guys and, and we're so glad to see you serving God. Right, give them a hand clap. That's a valuable thing. That's a valuable thing. It's, it's something that I maybe took for granted or it's something easy in your youth to take for granted is your relationship with God and that communion with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what happened to me. I got away from God for a while and the deception of sin and Satan is that you're not far from God. It's just... You know, God's not my buddy. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible says, out from his throne comes thunder and lightning. And the fear of God left my life. I didn't really think, I, yeah, we all sin. I kind of called sin a light thing, and it's certainly not. So from, a, from 18 years old to about 25... Drinking to get blackout drunk regularly, reveling in idolatry, focused on money and power and fame and all the deceptive, clever lies of this world and of the enemy. So it was a time of darkness, but to me it was a time of fun. It was a, a time of everything's cool. And I believe the grace of God was still with me, but I was drifting from him further and further. 
by my actions, by my reckless living, by the words coming out of my mouth, not being here in the presence of God or being in worship. And so it was a time where I was drifting from God, but I, I had no clue that it was actually happening. The Bible says the God of this age, who's Satan, who's in this world, he has the hearts and the minds of unbelievers blinded so they don't see the type of life that they're in. You don't, it, it comes to a point where you go so far in sin that you don't know that you've backslidden. You don't know that you're far from God. Can you say amen? amen? And knowing it now, I know it now, but Proverbs 13, 15 says, but the way of transgressors is hard. The way of transgressors is hard. I was transgressing the law of God. I was far from him, but I didn't know it. Proverbs 13, 21 says that trouble chases sinners while blessings reward the righteous. Trouble chases sinners, but blessings reward the righteous. Trouble was chasing me, and I was a sinner. Now blessings reward me and chase after me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I think you get the picture. I was in a, a state of rebellion from the Lord. And so I just want to paint a picture where... Things were dark for me, but it seemed like, you know, life, life as normal. And then God called me back to him, and he gave me a dream in August of 2017. Some of you have heard this. Some of you are hearing it for the first time. And in this dream, all of a sudden, I was flying, and there was, a, an, there was an angel on both sides of me. And we were flying, and I saw a, a, a glimpse of heaven. It was amazing. It's hard to share how incredible it was. It was like the glory of God was everywhere. It, it was like if you go outside on a sunny day, it's beautiful and there's light everywhere. There was no comparison. The glory of God filled this place. I saw what I saw was a street paved with purest, the purest gold I've ever seen. There was a lake of silver. And on the, on the left-hand side... It was kind of covered in clouds, and I just knew during the dream that I wasn't permitted to see everything. And as soon as I saw that, the dream changed, and I was walking down the stairs into the basement of a nightclub. And when I got to the bottom of the stairs, on the left, I saw a, a table of men playing poker. And the, e the evil that I felt there was so dark and so bad, like... Like the glory of God that I just experienced in that first portion, this darkness was unlike anything else. And then I turned to the left, and there were big steel doors. And in front of these doors, there were these two dogs guarding the doors, but they had the heads of several demons. Absolutely terrifying. And the same thing, like in heaven, I knew I wasn't allowed to see everything. I also knew that behind those steel doors, it was not a party. It was not a place that I wanted to be. And then I turned around. I walked upstairs, and I, I walked down the street, and the dream ended. I woke up. And I knew what the dream was about. Deep down inside, I knew what it was about. God was calling me back to him to make a decision, 
to either live for me or to live for this world, but choose one. And I was convicted. I, I was cut to the heart. But everything was fine. I was going about business as usual. You know, no, no, you know, I thought, you know, me and God were cool. We had it all, you know, he, he was fine with me. But he was showing me that there was a way that seems right to a man, but the end there, it leads to death. Can you say amen? amen? And so I had a decision to make, and I ended up at one of my best friend's parents' house that day, and I thought we were there to talk about business and, and getting solar panels on their house. And uh, I shared this dream, and they had recently just came back to the Lord, starting to serve, started to serve Jesus again. And uh, my friend's stepmom told me something that I hated hearing, but I knew she was right. She said, it sounds like you have a decision to make. I didn't like that. It sounds like I have a decision to make. She was right. And I made the decision to continue to run from God in that time. I just continued to run. I, they invited me to church. I went, I listened to the preacher, preached powerfully, preached on the return of Jesus, and that he was coming soon and that we had to be ready. But sin was still too fun for me. And it was still holding me. The Bible says a man's sin ties him like cords or binds him like ropes so that you're not free to do what you want when you're living in sin. See, sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you can afford. Can you say amen? So I'm still in this time of of living it up and, and running from God. And fast forward to February of 2018. I'm at the YMCA in Nashua, New Hampshire. And I'm in the steam room and I meet this older gentleman. And I think, I think in my heart, that, you know, this guy's older. Surely he has some, uh, some wisdom for me. Because I was searching. I wanted to know what was going hap- to come of my life. Where, what direction was my, my life headed in and what was my purpose? And some of you are asking yourselves today, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? God, I, I, I want a plan from you. And I didn't have God in, in the consideration of my heart and mind at the time. And uh, this, this gentleman, his name was Robert Brown. Ne- never met him before. haven't seen him since. And I said, uh, what's the best life advice that you could give me? And he looked at me. And we had a conversation. We had a conversation this is what I remember from the conversation. Absolutely nothing. And at the end of the conversation, he looked at me with intensity, with bright, beaming blue eyes, full of life. And he said, you are to be an evangelist. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Do you understand? And I went, uh-huh. <laughs> Just absolutely mind blown out on weed. Um, you know, no, no clue what he was saying. I knew the gospels were the gospels, but I didn't know what an evangelist was. And to, if I could be honest with you, I didn't care. And so I held on to that. But it was an immediate turn back to the Lord. I was in the middle of alcohol addiction, drug addiction. From that time, an intense a feeling or like a captivating like I've never experienced something like this I pray that you never experience it unless it turns you back to Christ and that's the only exception the paranoia the depression 
intense, intense anxiety. I'm talking deep hopelessness. And towards the end, towards the end of it, suicidal thoughts. I wasn't suicidal, but I knew, now I know, there was a demonic force in the world working against my life. The call of God came to my life, and the enemy immediately tried to do what he does to steal, kill, and destroy. We have an adversary in the world who is Satan. Make no mistake of it. And this, this hopelessness, this emptiness on the inside of me. See, you can, you can get everything. You can win the lottery. You can marry the most beautiful or handsome person. You can have it all. But if you don't have Christ, you have something that's missing. And I was missing Christ in that time. Someone said that we have a God-shaped hole in our heart. That it's a hole that only God can fill. And in, in, until now, I couldn't experience it. But when you're living in the world, you're always trying to fill it with other things. The right job, another raise, um, booze, uh, drugs, um, sex, uh, just uh, money, power, fame. All this, all this stuff that is very enticing. It's pleasing to the eye, but, it, but it, it's not profitable. It's not going to do anything for you. And it didn't do anything for me except deceive me and lead me away from Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. There are, there are irrevocable spiritual laws that God has set in place. And whether we know them or not, that is how everything operates. Hosea 4.6 says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. I would love to take all day with this, but if there are things that we don't know about from God's word, it could lead to us perishing. It could lead to a, 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 an area of our life. If you don't know what the Bible says about relationship or finances or divine health and healing, uh, you'll never experience it. So that's why we go to the word of God. I'm here to, to make Jesus Christ known to glorify the word of God and to let you know that the Holy Spirit is waiting to come and have a relationship with you. And at the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity and we're going to pray together to make that decision that I eventually made and turned back to the Lord. I didn't know what to do. I wanted pills. I wanted medicine. I wanted a quick fix. That's what I was used to. I wanted someone to say something to me that would get me to feel better. I just wanted a feeling. I just wanted something that was comfortable. I just wanted to be lulled to sleep. And my father told me to run to God. And I, I said, what does that mean? What do you mean run to God? For the first time, I understood this scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I never knew what that meant. For the last even five years of going to Bible college and studying the word and all this stuff, now I see it. Now I knew that it was a time where I said, if God's true, if he's real, I'm going to know him for myself. That I was going to seek him and take whatever it is that he has for me. That what I search for in people, what no one could help me with, that if God could help me, 
he, then I would find him for myself. Hallelujah. Matthew Poole, a Bible scholar, a renowned theologian and minister, said this. The kingdom will never be received passively. It always is founded on God's work on our behalf, but God's work will always produce a response in us. There are not lazy wishes or cold endeavors that will bring men to heaven. So with violence, I sought God. With a fervence in me that, that I was desperate, I was longing, I was hurting, I was lost. You're seeing a, a well-polished version of me today that Jesus Christ did. But before, what a mess. Some of you saw it. Some of you saw it. There was a point where I was completely whacked out of my mind and came and took the microphone and came up here to tell you God knows what. And, and that, that was an embarrassing time. God delivered me from that. People said, what the heck was that about? I don't know. You know, the, <laughs> the enemy had deceived me. But I'm just, I want to be real with you. I want to be vulnerable to you today to know that, let you know that this is a work of God. This is not a work of, of, of me or of any man. He did something in me that I couldn't do in myself. Jesus caused me to love things that I don't even like. Purity, righteousness, holiness, um, be, you know, being selfless, stuff that my physical, like, I don't, I don't like that stuff sometimes. He made me look to love it. That's the righteousness of God in Christ. It's absolutely amazing. Hallelujah. Go ahead, give Jesus Christ a hand clap. So April 8th, 2018, a date that will be marked for eternity. I was sitting in the back of in the back of the service, right back there. Complete mess. This is like worst of the worst. You've never seen me worse than that. And Apostle Najim was preaching, and there was an altar call. And for the first time in my life, I heard the voice of God. And it was unfamiliar, and it was a little bit scary as well. He spoke to me on the inside of me. And he said, come up here. I have some gifts for you. Very clearly. And I had never heard from God like that. I had the dream. I had prayed. I had seen God answer prayers. But this was different. So I didn't want to go up there. I didn't know what gifts meant. And uh, I certainly didn't want to be up here in front of all of you. And, uh, you know, I was a wreck. And so reluctantly, I find out that my legs are carrying me to walk down to the, to the front. And I wait, and, and Apostle's over here praying for some people. And I stood right here. There's a picture. There's another photo that, that's coming up. I stood right here. And he, he placed his arms on my forearms, just like this. He placed his arms on my forearms, and he began to pray. And as he prayed, I felt what felt like a, a live, tangible servo, surge of electricity run in my arms and into the center of my chest. And from that moment, the depression was gone. The fear was gone. The anxiety was gone. The suicidal thoughts were gone. The hopelessness was gone. The lack of peace was gone. Everything that the devil had, it, it had me ensconced in that life of sin was gone. But it was replaced. See, if you take something 
you, it's got to be replaced with something else. And God filled me with love, with joy, with peace, with hope in a way that I've never experienced or never knew was possible. And also something changed up here. I knew that God was very real that day. Hallelujah. That's why God's my deliverer. And Pastor Vi, you see, there, was, there wasn't a picture taken, but that's the day. That's April 8th, 2018. And Apostle, you prayed for me, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Next picture, please. Now I want to say I'm free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I took that picture just to glorify God, just to thank you, God. That's right on the, on the front lawn here. There was a, a, a tree stump, quite a large tree stump, um, but there's freedom. That picture says that there's freedom in Christ, that I was now free. I was free of all the stuff that I couldn't get free of on my own, that God did it, and he receives the glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now, where the, where the, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In parentheses, emancipation from bondage. True freedom. Hallelujah. And I've experienced that, that freedom like never before. Second scripture reading. Can we get a microphone for Braden? John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. Good job, Braden. Thank you. Everyone knows John 3.16, but who knows that there's a powerful Luke 3.16, that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. And that's what I experienced that day, the baptism of fire. From then, I would walk around and I would feel the presence of God on my hands. Like, again, like nothing you could ever experience. This is how close God will come to you. This is the message. This is the fellowship of God with you when you make that decision. And and it it was a little bit intimidating too because what it felt like on my body was that someone poured gasoline over my hands, lit it on fire... And then I stuck my finger into an electrical socket. The, pre- the presence and power of God. I was walking around. What is this? I, I-, I want to be vulnerable again to you to say that this is something that I was going through. I was walking through it. I was experiencing, saying, what's happening right now? What, th- th- this is wonderful. It's glorious. But I didn't know the Bible says that. I didn't know that the Bible says that Jesus Christ will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. That you could know his presence In a real and tangible way. And some of you experienced it. And some of you will experience it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we're at April 18th. Fast forward one month. May 10th. God had answered a dream. I mean he had answered a prayer. And he answered the prayer very quickly. And I said God. I believe that was you. But please give me a dream or a vision just to confirm it was you. And please don't be mad at me for asking. I'm just, uh, I'm, dou- I'm doubting a little bit, right? It was almost like too good to be true that there was, it was like that. The next morning, and so that I had done something rebellious in the meantime. 
and, uh, and I drank to get drunk. And I heard it in my spirit all day. Deliberate disobedience. Deliberate disobedience. Deliberate disobedience. What a wicked, terrible thing. God had set me free from that. And I went back to it. And I woke up the next morning. And I opened the Bible just like I had done. And I started listening to the Bible app. And God spoke some things for me. Uh, God's, he spoke some things to me. And then I fell asleep. But I was already awake. It wasn't that I was tired. It was, this was different. And God gave me a dream. And it was a, a vision as well. The difference, of, the difference of a vision is that it feels like it's actually happening until you come out of it. It's one of these things that Paul said in the Bible. He said, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. And so it was, it was a mystery of God that he had given me this vision. And, and real quick in the vision, I was at my friend's house, the same friend's house that I was at physically and in, in, in reality. And I was sitting on the couch and him and his wife were there. And, and I said, does, does anyone know what time it is? And just then I looked up and there was no roof. I could see the open sky. And it was a cloudy, overcast day, and all of a sudden the clouds in the, in the sky started to swirl, like in a, in a whirlpool or a whirl, whirlwind. And, and then the, the clouds started to open up. And it was, a, it was a big, open portal in the sky. And I just laid there, and I, I watched this. And then the sky started to get bright and brighter and brighter. And it got so bright. This light was coming towards me. And it got so bright that I couldn't even keep my eyes open to this. And then the power of God hit me in my body. And I'll tell you, it, it felt like 100 million volts of electricity. It was terrifying. I tremble at the thought of this. And this actually happened. And then when it was happening, I said, I'm dead. Or if I live, it's because God wants me to live. But it was absolutely, I can't describe it. It was if someone... Have you ever seen an electrical power plant drive by? It's all fenced off. You know what I mean? It felt like someone took one of those and put it on my body and turned it on. Just unlike anything ever. And then I, I felt myself kind of come out of this vision and back into my body and I opened my eyes. And I immediately texted both my brother and, and my buddy and said, hey, th this is what happened because nobody's going to believe me. You know? And, and, uh, and so it was... It was incredible. Third scripture reading, please. Who has our third scripture? John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Amen. Go ahead. Thank you. Good job. This scripture came alive to me, and I hope and pray that it comes alive to you. Because Jesus said it very clearly, and in that passage of John 14, he says it over and over again. If you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, do my commandments. And it was that scripture, when I read it one time, he said, I will manifest myself to them. In the New Living Translation, he said, I will reveal myself to them. So Jesus had revealed himself to me. That he wasn't just some, just some statue on a cross hanging in a church. That he was the res resurrected Messiah. 
The one who has the power to change your lives and mine. The one who will deliver you, restore you, heal you, save you, and who's coming back very soon. Hallelujah. He said, I will reveal myself to him. See, the Bible says that the righteous walk by faith. But he doesn't just call you to walk by faith, to walk by faith. He said, I'll do it. I'll reveal myself to you. I'll manifest or make known myself to you. And many of you have testimonies. Many of you, Jesus has already done this to you and for you. And many of you, this is what's going to take place for you. Hallelujah. Someone say, Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord didn't only deliver me out of troubles, out of my troubles, the trouble that I got myself in, but he revealed himself to me in glory. And what that did for me, it changed the course of my life forever. I said, I'll never go back. I'll never live like that. I'm never going back to sin. That terrifying power of God arrested me, and I said, enough is enough. I'm done. No matter what my physical body wants to do, I'm not doing it. I'm doing what the word of God says. Praise God. July 18th. Next photo, please. July 18th. Then Peter said to him, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful day, July 18th, when Apostle baptized me right here in this place. Next photo, please. There's a few of them. That's me. Cheese. Next, coming out of the water. And then my favorite one, leave it right there. Praise God. Yeah, you can give a hand clap. This is all Jesus. Praise God. Part of our walk with God is that we get baptized. I was 25. I was baptized as a baby. For me, it doesn't count. I'm out on that. I had to come here and get dunked and be submerged and say, I'm dying and I'm going to be raised to new life with Christ. So I want to encourage you, get, get baptized as an adult, as a young adult, as, a, as someone who's made the decision to follow Christ. Young or old, it doesn't matter. But when you come to Christ and know him, it's not a, a place where he says, okay, you're fine, you're all set, you're going to heaven. He calls you to take action. He calls you to be baptized, be water baptized, and that he would baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. He said when you repent... When you turn from your sin and are baptized, that you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead will live in you and does live in some of you. Praise God. Glory to God. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and to the streets of Boston. It doesn't say that. Uh, next photo, please. This is a, a photo. Yep, that was the one. On Summer Street, Summer Street, and in the Boston Commons, I'm just out there with a Bible, with a couple friends, and with microphones, just to proclaim the word of God. Just to say that God loves you. And we were, we were met with, we were met with opposition. We were met with believers who, who believed and loved what we're doing. But when God does such a great work in, in you and with you, you can't keep it to yourself. If you're in love with someone, do you hide them or do you tell everyone? Right? If you have something great 
you want to share it. Isn't that right? And so if we love Jesus, we're being witnesses of, of him and for him. We're telling people, hallelujah. Praise God. There's another story I don't have time for here. Actually, I got time. One time I was on the way just to Market Basket, get some groceries, and, and I saw this man walking, and he had a, a backpack on, like the size of a couch. And the Lord, yeah, it was huge. Was like, what is he doing? That's his, definitely his whole life. Or he works for a bad moving, moving company. And so the Lord spoke to me, and he said, give him, give him some water. And I said, pretty easy. I don't have any water. I, I'm going to the store, but, but I will. And I said, Lord, you know I don't have any water, but if that was you speaking to me, just have him stop in the, in the front of the store, and I'll buy some extra, and when I come out, I'll give it to him. So I forgot about him, and I'm checking out, and he's on the opposite side of a street, and at the grocery store across the street is another grocery store. It would have been very easy if he just went and didn't cross that extremely busy street and went into that store. When I go to check out, he's there in the store in front of my cash register. I said, well, that was pretty easy. So he walks out. I, I go outside, and uh, I just said, hey, man, do you, I, I didn't plan on it. He said, hey, do you need a ride? And he goes, yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be great. I haven't had a ride in three days, and he had a nice dog, and they, you know, smelled a little bit funny, but praise God, I'm, I'm I'm gonna, I have some water for him. He doesn't know that God spoke to me to give him this. And I start driving and immediately start talking about Jesus. And it was definitely a little bit intimidating because he had a big pentagram tattooed on his hand. Rough looking guy. And, uh, but I'm, I'm just following God. I'm, I'm doing what he said to do. And he starts telling me, he goes, I used to serve God and the devil got me with alcohol. And I've been a far away from him since. And he goes, but I carry my grandmother's Bible, look. And he pulls it out of, like, nowhere, this center pocket. And it's in a plastic bag. And he goes, this is my grand- grandmother's Bible. And he tells me all this, on this 20-minute ride, he tells me all this, this spiritual warfare and about how demons would come and trouble him in the night. And, and he didn't know, but he, he, was, he was being set up. And so I got as far as I could drive him that day. And I said, listen, um, God spoke to me, and I want to pray for you before you go. And he's telling me, he goes, people thought I was crazy, but I was actually speaking in tongues one time, and my mom told me I was crazy and stuff. And I said, uh, I said, actually, God spoke to me about you, Caleb, and I have some water for you. But I don't think he was talking to me about regular water. And he finished my sentence, and he goes, uh, and, he, and he said, living water. And I said, wow, praise God. So I said, let's pray. Right, I said, let's pray. And he, and he gripped my hand like he was going to crush it. And he was so earnest. And I began to pray. And I felt the tangible presence of God run through my arm and out my hand while we we're praying. And I knew, now I knew I felt it. And then we say amen and we get done. And he goes, whoa. He, he's like, you have like really good energy. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Go ahead, give him a hand clap. That's the presence and power of God. The Bible says the, the body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. He desires to dwell in you and move through you. Can you say amen? amen. And he'll do it. He'll take, 
if he's going to take some rank sinner like me who didn't know God and wasn't doing anything for him and who was selfish and who was living for this world and take and deliver me and, and empower me and heal me and change me and restore me, he'll do it for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's why I'm here to show and tell that Jesus is near to all those who call on him. Can you say amen? amen. Jude 1.3. Beloved, while I was diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. We are contending for the power of God. I'm here to preach Christ and contend for the faith, contend for the power and the presence of God in your life. I'm contending that God will move in this place, that he will heal you, that he will deliver you, that he will save you, and that he will empower you to go out and make disciples of all nations as he's called us to do. It's a glorious thing. And if you're going if, if to take that, and run with it, you'll be amazed at what God will do with you. See, he's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got his perfect will for you. And at the end of the li our lives, we stand before him and we answer for every idle word we speak and every action that we took. And the Bible says that judgment day is a great and terrible day because for some people it will be great and for some people it will be terrible. And I'm here to urge you to make that decision. Hallelujah. Now I know that Jesus Christ is not only my Savior, but He is the Savior. He is the Deliverer. He is the Healer. He is the Redeemer. He is the Defender. He's the Provider. He's the Protector. He's the Restorer. He's the Baptizer. He's the author and finisher of my faith, and he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. To the glory of God. That's who the Lord Jesus is. Everyone stand to your feet, please. As I do the showing and telling, Jesus Christ is going to do the saving today. He's going to do the healing and the delivering. Just as I was in the back of that service in 2018, he wants to move in some people's lives today. He wants to do a great work in you. And the response is yours. What you do with it is up to you. But he's calling you to make the decision for heaven. See, hell is voted against you and heaven is voted for you. And God loves you more than you could know. He's patient. He's kind. He's love. And he loves you so much. And he's asking you to come to him. Some of you feel a drawing on your hearts. Some of you feel that tug that you say, I want more of Jesus. I want to know him. I want to lay my head on the pillow at night and know that my sins have been forgiven and that I'm right with God. So I'm giving the invitation for anyone that wants to make that decision. I want you to raise your hand. If you want to make that decision to confess Christ, I see your hand. God sees your hand. If God's drawing on your heart, don't give up this opportunity. We're going to take some time with this. This is a holy moment. But if you know God's drawing on you, lift your hand high. Lift your hand high if you want to be made a new creation in Christ and have your sins forgiven. There's more. 
We know that Jesus is coming back very soon. Make that same decision that I've made, that, that billions of people across the world have made. And if you want to make that decision, everyone who raised their hand or feels that tug of God on the inside, I want you to come down and we're going to pray together right here at the altar. Come now. Come out of your seats and come to the altar. Those who are bold and will give more faith for the others to come, but come. Come and receive new life today. Come and be changed by the Messiah, by the healer, by the deliverer. Everyone who, who wants to be touched by God. There's not much time left. We see the signs of the times. I'm not trying to scare you, but there will be a time where there's no more opportunity. That there's no more time for salvation. That it, that it will be eternally too late. And so I'm calling everyone else. Everyone who, who says in their hearts, they're saying, oh, I'm feeling something. I know God's calling me. But maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe it, I would have to be seen in front of someone. Don't be embarrassed. Make that same decision that I made. And God will touch you and heal you and deliver you. And use you to save souls. He will use you. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else in this place that wants to make a public confession for Christ? Because Jesus said, if you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father who's in heaven. And so it's a public call to Christ that we contend for. It's a public call to Christ that we say, I will live for you, Lord. So if that's everyone, we're going to pray right now. And if you want to pray with us and, and you haven't, slip out of your seats and come down to the altar. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by the confession of your mouth that you are saved. And so we're going to pray a biblically sound prayer today. For everyone, you can, and if you haven't come out of your seats and you want to pray this, don't miss heaven by 18 inches. That's the distance between your heaven, uh, between your heart and your head. Don't miss heaven because it doesn't make sense up here because faith doesn't resonate with your thoughts. But make it in your heart to say, God, I want to know you. And I want to decide to know you today. And I want to decide that you would forgive me of my sins and rescue me from darkness. Hallelujah. And the bondage of sin and the bondage of Satan will be loosed from you today in Jesus' name. And he's the one who does it. Come on down. Praise God. So let's pray. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you a biblically sound prayer so you can repeat it out of your mouth, but I want you to say it from your heart. I want you to know that God's hearing you today and that at the confession of your faith, you're saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bow your heads. Please know moving around this is a holy moment where God's going to move heaven and earth to save people today, to heal them and deliver them in the name of Jesus. So bow your heads, close your eyes so you're not distracted, and repeat these words from your mouth and from your heart. Say, Dear God, I know I've sinned against you, and I know I need a Savior. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. 
Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and forgive me of my sins. I accept your forgiveness. Please give me the power to live for you. And I thank you for saving me. I thank you for delivering me. And I thank you for healing me. I thank you that my name is written in heaven. And I thank you that I'm born again by the Holy Spirit. God, please fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All of God's people said amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices at one sinner coming to true repentance. So as souls are saved, heaven is rejoicing and your life is brand new. The Bible says if any man or woman be in Christ, they're a new creation. And so your old lives have passed away. It's erased. It's never coming back. And your new lives with Christ will be glorious in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Absolutely the, the, the highlight of today and the rest of your lives is your salvation. I pray that God, everyone lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you now. Lift your hands where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would pour out your spirit. That you would move on my new brothers and sisters today. That you would restore them, heal them, and deliver them in a mighty, powerful way. That you would give them dreams and visions. That you would show them your new life that you have for them. I pray that you would baptize them in the Holy Ghost and fire. That you would give them your power. Holy Ghost, fall now on these people. Holy Ghost, move and empower them. And give them a... Give them your power. Give them your strength. Baptize them in fire. Make your presence known to them. Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you. We thank you. And all of God's people said amen. 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 Hallelujah. Give a great hand clap to Jesus. Give a, a great hand clap to the Lord. Hallelujah. Your lives will never be the same. Your lives will never be the same. You'll be blessed and you'll go from glory to glory and victory to victory from here until Jesus comes back. Praise God. Thanks again for tuning in. We pray the Lord has used this message to speak to you today. If you'd like to stay connected, please subscribe to our weekly podcasts. We pray God's blessing over you wherever you are and wherever you go.